0: Good morning. It's good to worship with you today as we continue our series, Gifts That Keep On Giving. Last week, the lectionary lesson took us to the banks of the Jordan to witness Jesus' baptism and to remember the gift of our own. So it's fitting that today the lectionary takes us to what happens immediately following Jesus' baptism. Except there's one catch we jump now to a different gospel, and not just any other gospel, the gospel of John. Of the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John is repeatedly the odd man out. The storylines of the other three are quite similar, so much so that experts call them the synoptic gospels, essentially meaning that the synopsis or the general plot of the, of the three are the same, or very similar at least john's gospel does give us though something unique of jesus life and ministry and that's why we in the church cherish it as a gospel today in fact it was john calvin's favorite gospel a wise person once said of the gospel of john that it's a place where a child can sorry a wise person once said that of the gospel of john that it's a place where a child can swim or, I got that mixed up. <laughs> Too stuck to my manuscript. Okay. A wise person once said of the Gospel of John that it's a place where a child can wade and an elephant can swim. It's one of my favorite quotes of, about Scripture. A place where a child can wade and an elephant can swim. It means that John allows the reader to enter and to encounter Jesus' ministry at their own comfort level and understanding. Whether you're just learning who Jesus is for the first time, or you're a lifelong Christian reading the gospel for the umpteenth time, John's careful writing allows you to grow in your understanding of who Jesus is. Friends, I invite you to listen with open hearts and mind as we encounter God's word together from the first chapter of the gospel of John, beginning with the 29th verse. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Kephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. As a dad of two young children, I've been learning a lot about how they're encountering this wild world in which we live for the very first time. It's truly wonderful to try to see the world through their eyes, to watch them figure things out which eventually at some point delves into what is known as the why phase. With every statement I make or truth revealed about this world in which we live, the response almost immediately is, why? Why does it get dark every night? Why is it raining? Why can't I eat this whole bowl of cookie dough? Unfortunately, even though I'm a pastor, I'm still very much human. And like any human, I can lose my patience, particularly after the one millionth why question. But when I think about it, these why questions are crucial. Why questions are their way of figuring out the world. It's their way of staying engaged in the world that we live in. The why question is at its heart a question of curiosity. And curiosity is a gift that we adults so often overlook. Our cynicism, perhaps even our jadedness, not to mention our inability to look up from our phones. All these things keep us from being engaged with the world around us. It keeps us from seeing something and just simply asking why. I'm reminded of the longtime radio host for NPR, Diane Rehm. Uh, someone who's known for probing interviews and challenging questions. Reem would end every show with her tagline, Stay Curious. What does this mean? Keep asking why. Stay engaged with the world in which we live. There's so much that children can teach us about curiosity. This mindset is so vital in many aspects of life that includes our faith. Thankfully, curiosity is, is deeply rooted in our scripture reading today as Jesus begins his ministry in John's gospel. So perhaps we can rethink our own or reassess our own curiosity for a moment. Following John's baptism, uh, or Jesus' baptism, John is standing with two of his uh, then disciples. One was Andrew, and we don't get the other's name. John sees Jesus pass by and tells them, look, here is the Lamb of God. Here we see John fulfill his role. He points to the Christ. These two disciples are no longer John's, but will now be Jesus' disciples as they start to follow him, quite literally. As they're walking behind him, Jesus asks them, what are you looking for? They ask him, Rabbi, where are you staying? To which Jesus replies, come and see. Upon this exchange, Andrew finds his brother Simon and tells him they found the Messiah. That essentially is our story. Besides Jesus renaming Simon as Peter or Rock at the end, he only utters two phrases to his soon-to-be disciples in our reading. First is the question, what are you looking for? Next is the answer to their question, come and see. If you notice, both of these sentences encourage curiosity. What are you looking for? It exudes introspection and discernment. What are your hopes, your dreams, your fears? What do you really want? Do you really want to follow me? The disciples asking Jesus where he's staying seems like a casual phrase, But it actually shows their intention to follow him to his home and to remain with him. In other words, it's a statement of saying that they're invested. They're in it for the long haul, wherever that road may lead. It's to this responsive commitment that Jesus invites them to come and see. In the other three Gospels, Jesus called to the disciples is the the more familiar, follow me. But in John's gospel, more often, it's come and see. The disciples themselves even start using it. In the next story, Philip tells Nathaniel about Jesus, to which he replies, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? To which Philip says, Come and see. The Samaritan woman at the well, a couple chapters later, following her encounter with Jesus, goes and tells everyone in her town, Come and see, A man who's told me everything I've ever done. He can't be the Messiah, can he? Curiosity. Come and see. It's Jesus' preferred invitation to discipleship in John, and one his followers adopt and use in turn. It is really an invitation to curiosity. Come and see for yourself where I'm staying. Come see for yourself who I truly am. Come and see where I'm going next. Compared to the other three, John is the gospel of curiosity. It is truly a place where a child can wade and an elephant can swim. It seems that Jesus' words to his new disciples sound quite familiar to Diane Reems Stay curious. Curiosity is a gift that Christ encourages us to pursue. Keep asking questions. Keep seeking and searching for God at work in this world. If we heed his invitation of come and see, curiosity is a gift that continues to give throughout our lives, pushing us deeper in our faith and understanding of who God is, giving us the freedom to express our own doubts and troubles, allowing Christ to accompany us on this journey of faith. It seems that for Jesus, curiosity is not only a gift, it's also a necessary mindset for discipleship. Come and see becomes the lens of curiosity through which disciples can live and serve, seeking to follow where our Lord is leading us next. Curiosity, in other words, takes us out of our comfort zone to be open to the Spirit's leading. Discipleship curiosity, friends, also leads us to find our neighbors who are hungry and lonely. Discipleship curiosity leads us to engage with our neighbors from different faith traditions, to find ways to partner together in mission and service and fellowship. Curiosity leads us to stand up for those in our midst without a voice and are in need of justice and reconciliation. Understood this way, the mindset of curiosity leads us to loving God and neighbor. Someone who embodied this kind of curiosity in discipleship was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., whose day we celebrate tomorrow as a nation. Dr. King's bold curiosity allowed him to become a leader in the civil rights movement to seek reconciliation across racial divides his preaching even beckoned this kind of curiosity most famously with his i have a dream speech here are a couple of short parts from that speech and listen for the curiosity that's just present in it i say to you today my friends even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow i still have a dream it is a dream deeply rooted in the american dream I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the hue meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And then later in the speech, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. Can you hear his curiosity? Can you hear his hope? Taking him deeper, allowing him to dream and beckoning others to do the same. Dr. King's tragic assassination in 1968 occurred just 10 days before Easter. As our nation mourned, hymn writer Brian Wren composed an Easter hymn entitled, Christ is Alive, which we'll be singing together uh, shortly following the sermon. This hymn proclaims the Easter truth that the crucified and risen Christ is present with all who suffer. But it also speaks to the reality that the risen Christ comes to bring justice, peace, and love, breaking down barriers that divide us from God and neighbor, a message Dr. King so passionately preached and lived out. Friends in Christ, what are we looking for? Come and see. Remember, curiosity is a gift that allows us to dream. When faced with the difficulties and troubles of our day, curiosity allows us to do as Jesus calls us, to come and see where and how God in Christ is at work in redeeming the brokenness of our lives and the world around us. Friends, Jesus has given us the gift of curiosity, that we might be led to seek Christ in every aspect of our lives and follow him faithfully. So friends, let's stay curious. May we keep asking questions. May we keep seeking where the risen Christ is leading us to be the ambassadors of his peace and hope. May we wade in the simplicity and swim in the depth of God's word. As Jesus invites us to come and see, may we also invite others to come and see. To come and see the life-changing ways God is at work in our midst that their curiosity may lead them as well to the truth that Christ is alive, that Christ is among us here and now. May it be so. Amen.